The following program is being brought to you on the Voice America Sports Channel. For more information about our network and to check our additional show hosts and topics of interest, please visit voiceamericasports.com. The Voice America Talk Radio Network is the worldwide leader in live Internet talk radio. Visit voiceamerica.com. The views and ideas expressed on the following program are strictly those of the host or guests and do not necessarily reflect the views and ideas held by the Voice America Talk Radio Network, its staff, and management. Feel it coming in the air. Yeah. And the screams from everywhere. Yeah. I'm addicted to the thrill. It's a dangerous Stop. love affair. Can't be scared when it goes down. Got a problem, tell me now. Only thing that's on my mind is who gonna this Hey, welcome to the Quantum Lesson Sports Talk. We got a live show here out in Arizona. We, uh, Alex Clancy in the studio. You can reach Alex Clancy at, uh, ClancyCorner.com. Mm-hmm. Uh, that's on Twitter. <laughs> <laughs> and don't forget YourClearEdge.com. Thank with you. With Deborah Debris. And we got a lot to talk about. So I want to, you know, we got a lot. Of, when I say a lot, we got to squeeze this in in an hour. Now, it's the New Year's, so Happy New Year's, everyone. You guys as well. Happy, Happy New, Year. New Year to you. It's the New Year, so we we we're working on a, a two hour show, uh, so we can really format this thing in a proper manner. Um, just have different segments, different uh, show. Because Deborah, you got um, down and dirty with Deborah. I we got gotta, I got things to say. Right, and then because we, you know we want to make it a almost like a story, a book. So it's a process you got to take. And right, we're going to look at the playbook and what do you do to actually be consistent in your play. And be a whole athlete. And we got Clancy Corner, who we, which we're gonna have to uh, talk about. Yeah. Well, we gonna we gonna keep Clancy Corner, but it's just you know, we, what, what segment? Where are we gonna put it in the show? Just so we format everything. We won't put them back to back because right now, second segment we got Clancy Corner. Third segment we come up with Down and Dirty with Deborah. Uh, so we'll 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 figure that out. We about to have a few meetings here uh, within the next two or three weeks. Get things settled. Again, Happy New Year to everyone. Hope everyone's safe. You're doing what you're supposed to do. My thing was right. You know, I text Deborah. I said mine is uh, imagination. That's that's yeah. that's one of my focal points for this year. I'm gonna uh, teach you how to do it right too. You and I are gonna sit down with this. I'm sitting down now. Let's talk yeah, about yeah, it right yeah. now. Yeah, let's, yeah. let's get it right now. I'm, let me take advantage while I'm sitting next to you. Yeah, Alex, you take advantage while you sit next to me. I'm taking advantage always. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> a lot of things happen in sports. Let's get right into that. And and one of the things is the coaches. I want to talk about the Dallas Cowboys because I'm trying to figure out with Tony uh, Romo how how much time does he have. But right now the um, the coaches in the National Football League has been fired. They called it Black Monday after the season. Um, I'm sure they can get a better name than that. But Raheem Morris, Tampa Bay Buccaneers. Uh, not just coaches, but uh, general managers. Uh, Bill Bill and Chris Polian. Indianapolis Colts, and, and why I'm talking about, about those guys, why I mention those guys, is uh, Caldwell. What about him? Is his job safe? How you, you get rid of both, both of those guys, you have to get rid of him because that means you're cleaning up shop. And we'll get back to that. Tony Sperano in Miami. You have Steve Spagnuolo, uh, St. Louis Rams, which which went, he went 2-4, and four, didn't have his quarterback the whole time. Mm-hmm. And I, I guess that was a – he got fired on Monday, so my – I got to figure it was a tough situation. They had to know by week 13 that if if nothing changes, nothing looked like these guys have energy, that he was going to get fired. He is a uh, Super Bowl winning coach, but he was a defense coordinator when the Giants won a Super Bowl and they beat New England out here in Arizona. Uh, but in three years, he went 10-38. and 38. 
uh, other coaches have been fired was uh, Todd Haley. They got fired during the season. Mm-hmm. Jack Del Rio. I think it was one more. But, uh, you know, it, these coaches, all these coaches have been fired. There's a lot of vacancies out there. Noah Turner still has a job. AJ's still there. There's no sense of urgency with the with the uh, San Diego Chargers mm-hmm. as far as finding and getting rid of a coach. Um, I feel I, like Florida. I mean, you've got all sorts of openings down there. Every, every, all three teams. Three teams, yeah, yeah. down there. Was it Tampa Bay, Jacksonville Jaguars, and the uh, Miami Dolphins? Yeah. Well, and what about Rex Ryan, though? How, how long does he have? Because he talked too much, so he makes the situation bigger than than it is, and then he doesn't show up as far as uh, winning. He, I mean, he's been to the he missed the playoffs. Okay, when he's in the playoffs, he's out the first round. But he, all he does. Uh, Profess the Super Bowl, Super Bowl, Super Bowl. Get your team in steps. And we, we, well, this is the thing. If you look at the beginning of the season, he bragged about where they were going to be, and then didn't didn't pull the team together in order to perform. And from his own admission the other day, he didn't even uh, basically check in to see what was going on with the guys. He waits to the end of the year, has a few conversations, and finds out, oh my God, we really weren't cohesive, were we? Well, it, it's all about personnel with him. They, they picked the wrong. San Antonio Holmes. They knew what they were going to get. They paid him a lot of money, and he. He pouted the last game of the year when when they could have had a chance to make the playoffs, and he, he didn't play on the last drive. And then I mean, you bring Plax in; it's it, it's really all about it's it's all about personnel. With if you want to be cohesive, you need to have the right people that want to be part of a team and not not think about themselves all the time. And, and um, San Antonio Holmes, he's been a problem ever since. Uh, I, I was looking listening to some uh, talk radio, but he's been a problem ever since um, he was in high school. Yeah, and you get kicked out of your own locker room, get kicked out of your own huddle. He got kicked I mean, out of Pittsburgh. Guy, yeah, yeah, this guy is not a player. When he came to the Jets, he was on a four-game suspension. Right. So, mm-hmm. and then you give, uh, I'm kind of mixed between this as far as paying him and not paying him. He is a good receiver, but is he going to be a problem? He's good at the moment, but is he going to be a problem down the road? Like right mm-hmm. now, you in a you in a push to get into the playoffs. And then you got that type of distraction on the field. Well, that's one thing. That's a point I'm going to make in Down and Dirty as well. Is when you got a cancer, you know, even when I was in the corporate world, you got a cancer, you got to get rid of it. I don't care how talented they are, they are disruptive to everybody else out there. And you pay too much attention to that one person who is the cancer in the in the company or in the organization, and everybody else is doing well doesn't get the attention they deserve and the praise that they deserve to make them even better yeah, than they are. That's something you're going to have to deal with in the receiver position, though, because th- that's a diva position. So you're going to get guys to think they're bigger than the game all the time. So if, if, if you go by that all the time, you're not going to have a talented receiver. There's not, there's, too, not, there's, not many, there's not many Larry Fitzgeralds out there or Greg Jennings guys who just sit and play and don't say anything. I mean, the best receivers of recent times have been Randy Moss, cancer, Terrell Owens, cancer, Chad Ochocinco, cancer, Santonio Holmes is one of the most clutch receivers in recent history as well. So if you want the prolific receivers... You're going to need Vincent Jackson, cancer. You're going to need, well, he's a cancer to a certain extent, not as bad as the other guy. Vincent Jackson, I, I wouldn't be throwing him in that category because he's done everything he was supposed to do, and they decided not to pay him. him. Right, yeah. they decided not to pay him. So he didn't get a chance to be a diva. And then when you say diva, to, uh, a correlation to the receivers, I, I don't know. I think the people that do say that are receivers, old receivers that have played. Uh, and, and we look at the receiver because it's, it's out there. It's televised. You can see these guys. And some of the stuff T.O. was doing, now he... I agree that he messed himself up in the beginning of his career, running his mouth. I, I, I agree with... Um, well, he got ran I, out of Philly also. I mean, that wasn't the beginning of his right. career. But then now, because what happened in the beginning of your career, um, that early he stage of cancer, you, now you got the... Uh, now you can see him on the sideline 
and it looks like he's doing the same thing, but more more so than not, he's he's motivating his players. He just he's just he's competitive anyway, mm-hmm. and not just T.O., but a lot of those guys. But because what you did earlier and it was televised, that cancer started earlier. So now to me, it looked like you're doing the same thing. Yeah. So it's just that those receivers and and you know it get televised a lot because they always Keyshawn Johnson remember him mm-hmm. give me the damn ball yep. um, or whatever throw me the ball whatever I mean, like Deshaun Jackson like every team yeah. has I mean it, there's a lot of them because when you start paying people right exactly you, 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 the salary equals up to who's better than who it's not your play anymore because if if this receiver got this amount of money and I'm playing too and I'm the starter on my team and I do not just receiving but I return punts and kick then you better pay me also so I can so the world can see that I'm equal to this guy who right. has the name who's put it in the work uh, it, it's, it's kind of yeah, the formula is all backwards it, it's backwards because yeah. you know these guys most of these guys a high percentage of them will play football for free and they have and it was so much fun but soon as you start paying people as right. soon as the business part get into it it's done but these fire coaches Raheem Morris man do you think he was justified fire? Yeah. I think that last game really set them off because the last game of the season well shoot they got beat by 40 something points yeah they're not 38 something points they're not very talented they wasn't talented, and I think he got. I think the final decision made because it looks like he lost his team. This is the same team that won ten games last uh-huh. year. And Josh Freeman was supposed to have. This was supposed to when he was supposed to bring it up to the next level. Legarrette Blunt too. Because I don't believe in that sophomore jinx or sophomore stuff. That okay, you came into the league. Uh, sometimes you can play unconscious. Sometimes you can play so well that you don't know what you're doing. Mm-hmm. You're a rookie. You come in and do those things. You're just playing off natural ability. Okay. That second year should be a, you should be more advanced. So it, it, I guess it falls on the coaches. You get a quarterback coach, or you get a coach who knows how to uh, mature these guys in a manner where they don't take step back. You got. But then uh, it starts to go back to instead of on um, the second year, like you're saying, instead of saying, yeah, good job, really good job, it's like, okay, what did you do right? What are we going to do with that? How, what's our next level? How are we going right. to get to that next level? Getting very specific and building a plan and then working the plan. Right. I think I don't think the process to mature. Uh, rookie quarterbacks like I will hope Andy Dalton don't take a step back I will hope he done because he came out and he played it's well. going to be tough for him to play better next year than he has this year yeah, with that team and because he came in with, he came in with a lot of pressure on him like they expect him it's, it's kind of crazy because this guy comes in they draft him in the first round and you expecting him to fail because he's in Cincinnati uh-huh. but you forget about this his passion for the game. Yeah, uh, you his, took, his will. You, you took the human element out of it. You said you put him in a situation and let's let's equal him to the situation instead of saying who is he as a player right. and let the situation kept, kept, uh, catch up to him. Because you can will a lot of things if you, if oh, you yeah. focus on it. You can will a lot of things and and his will was just to get it done. And then it didn't hurt that they also drafted uh, AJ Green. Yeah. Is uh, Green yeah. out of Georgia? Well, he had he had he had the uh, the Ben Roethlisberger special with uh, with a very good solid running game and a solid top five top seven defense. Any rookie rookie quarterback, it, it makes things easier when you have those two things waiting for you. And not to mention having a deep threat in, in a in a kid your age, you know that that you guys will be hopefully be hookups for for a lot for, yeah, a lot for a long time. Th- those yeah. two guys together, uh, they should make a lot of history down in uh, yeah, Cincinnati. That uh, Carson Palmer could have done. I think Carson Ugh. Palmer was still a quarter, a good quarterback. He fell off when he got his knee tore. They almost the game. Yeah, yeah, that's right. But you know, okay. What about the um, Sperano? Now he had to go because last year they were shopping uh, coaches. They were shopping him around. When I shopping him around, they were shopping for other 
coaches, coaches while he was still there. So well, Matt, he had to go this year. Matt Moore uh, saved him three or four more games. Like that's really all that happened because Matt Moore yeah. had that little run. So they were winning. They were they won a couple games and then yeah. but they, they were close in others. Oh and six. Yeah, they're just not. It's not the coach's fault when the team's garbage. A lot of times. But then Reddy started to come on. Brandon Marshall started to come on, and I think that I think maybe you should have given him a fresh start. I don't know if good, good I don't coaches. know if I was totally happy with him these, fired. These guys are grown men, the players, and these are grown men as a coach. If I don't know how you have a coach if, I, if you can't at some point stop the bleeding, you can't go 0 six. Yeah, this you is can. yeah this is the thing. As a coach, and it goes back to and again I'm going to talk about it down and dirty. So stand by, but you got to have respect. You know, and if you don't have respect, if your number one goal is I want to be liked as a coach, you're SOL. Yeah. You know, because you've got to be able to have respect. Like, that's a benefit. You know, it's not necessary. It's a benefit. You're right. And that, and you're right because one of the things uh, when I was coaching over at the uh, the college out here in Arizona, uh, I was the uh, defense coordinator for two years, but I had 30 different guys, 30 individuals, 30 personalities. I wasn't trying to be like, I was trying to, my whole thing was, it was about school for them. My whole thing was, is to come have fun and play so you feel successful about yourself. But my, but at the end of the year, but during games, come game time, I wanted them to take on the same qualities I had because I approached the game as far as now. I played it, so I approach it now as a coaching standpoint to put these guys in the right situation. I'm not trying to be like, what I, I want you to do is have fun. Right. I want you to come here and say, I came here for the right reasons, and I, I spent two years here. Maybe some guys didn't have to stay two years, a year and a half. I spent two years here, and I played football, and I had fun. Right. Whether you win, lose, or draw, I learned something out of here. Now I can move on to something better and bigger. Right. They respect you. They like you. They learn from you. And in that, they get to have fun. And in that, they get to win and also grow as a human being. How long is, uh, you know, Jason Garrett is not one of those coaches talking about being fired. But uh, how long do you think he have with this if he keeps Tony Romo as the quarterback? I think that they're, I think they'll be fine. Uh, Tony Romo? With, with DeMarco Murray going out, it really hurt them. Because yeah. he was the one that kind of kept them afloat. And then that that breeds the whole passing game. If you don't have a run game, not everybody's Peyton Manning or Tom Brady that can win without a passing game. But no, I agree with you. You, I agree that you run the ball first anyway to set set up a whole lot of things. Unless you Warren Moon and play for the Houston Oilers, where you got five four receivers and you got to run and shoot offense. But I think it goes beyond the coach though. With Eric, it goes it goes up to the ownership, and you got to get Jerry Jones off the field, and they've got to figure out who's on first and who's on second, and who's got the authority. Because if they keep doing what they're doing, again, they're going to have some real same thing with Al Davis. Same thing with Al Davis. He's always on the field. What about Mark Cuban? Same thing. Oh, they just won a championship. They just won a championship. Yeah, yeah, just good for them. One, just. Yeah, they just. When was last time Jerry Jones won a championship? When uh, Troy Aikman was there. Yeah, yeah. So he had look at how many times so he's changed coaches okay. about every two point seven years. And how many coaches have they had since they fired Tom Landry? How many coaches have they 47. had? Forty-seven. Seven coaches in eighteen years. Now, that don't make that makes it's no about sense. about every two point yeah. seven years. That makes no sense whatsoever. Um, but if Jason Garrett doesn't get it together, now he's not even a quarterback. He's a quarterback. He played quarterback in the league. Yeah. Do you? Know, he's the head coach and the tight ends coach. He's got a. He's a head He's got to stand up as a coach and say, "This is my job. Either Mark get out of Wilson. my face." Yeah. yeah, Mark Wilson is the quarterback coach. Now I think Jason Garrett was a better quarterback than Mark Wilson. Jason Garrett is smart, but you can't get Tony Romo to play. Everybody knows. I know uh, Tony Romo when he's in trouble, he rolls to his left. I got Demarco Ware over here on the right hand side of my defense. Can't wait till you roll to the left. Just hold your ground on the backside. Right, right. I know what you're going to yeah. do when you get in trouble, when you feel like you're in that type of yeah. situation. I've studied you. I know where you're going. Exactly. Yeah. And it, it, it right. just, they, they better get it together. And, and they was 15th ranked offense 
16th rate defense, so they better get it together. Their defense is coming along, though. Right, that, 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 that right middle line. linebacker. The, that middle linebacker is young and good. And yeah, that one linebacker. The yeah, rest of them. But not. he'll he'll be the anchor for years to come. He's young. Be the anchors for years to come. We talk about the Dallas Cowboys, yeah. where you have to win right now. Same as the, there's only there's about ten teams where you got to re- win right now. Other yeah. teams try to always talking about rebuilding. We're gonna take a break, man. We got a minute to. We gonna come back with Clancy Corner, uh, but. You know Rob Ryan, defensive coordinator. He has to uh, he has to step that defense. I, no, up. I agree. I agree. He's about a defensive minded guy. That. He's got to figure out what a defense is and yeah. then run it in with the guys that he's got. Uh, yeah, it also has some dual personnel. Hey, this is Quam Lots of Sports Talk. We'll be back in about the near future. <laughs> <laughs> Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. If you want to talk about the East Coast sports scene, particularly from the Southeast, make sure you tune in to the Jeff Owen Show every Tuesday. Yeah, we'll talk about some of the other teams and news that's out there, but host Jeff Owens and co-host Tasha Humphrey know the inside and out of the Georgia college sports world, and they were born there, raised there, and still live the scene. We'll talk about every sport imaginable. Tune in on Tuesday at 7 p.m. East Coast Time, 4 p.m. in the West, on the Voice America Sports Channel. Kevin Lewis has been a student of the game his entire life, from Little League to the NFL. Tune in Wednesdays at 10 a.m. Pacific, 1 p.m. Eastern, right here on Voice America Sports. Hustling with K. Lewis. It's not where you start, it's how you finish. The job of a professional athlete is never complete. In Life After the Game, host Lamar Campbell will take an inside look at how athletes are making the transition from the professional athletics world to the professional business world. You'll understand the goals, motivations, and personalities that drive these players off the field and in their post-professional career. Tune in to Life After the Game with Lamar Campbell every Monday at 6 p.m. Eastern Time, 3 p.m. Pacific Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. Your internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back to the Formula Sports Talk. In the studio, Alex Clancy and Deborah Debris. We were talking about the fire coaches, and we got a. There's a lot of coaches out there. There's a lot of vacancies also. When you look at guys like Jeff Fisher, uh, John Gruden, Bill Cowher. I don't know if Bill Cowher would take any of that job, but I think one of the jobs were. The uh, San Diego job, which is still occupied by Norv Turner, who's had the seasons he's had. He's taken over for Marty Schottenheimer, a 14-2 team that they fired Marty Schottenheimer. And then look what Norv Turner has done, and he hasn't got fired yet. Yeah. So maybe they look at they, maybe they are one of those teams that you know you're supposed to look at as win now. But he should L- listen to this real quick, and we'll get into Clancy's corner. Philip Rivers. Now name the other quarterbacks in the AFC. North Turner's a good offensive coach, so they should be winning more. I really think they should be winning more. I think they should, they'll step. Philip Rivers is the best quarterback in the AFC. And uh, AFC West. Yeah. AFC West. Because you got a. Uh, <laughs> he doesn't have much competition. Right. So he should be winning. And he got good, decent enough receivers. Running game is, uh, is average at best, but you can pull that off. Defensively, you're, you're an offensive coordinator, you're an offensive minded guy. Teams are hiring you as a head coach because your mindset. Their offense was always predicated on setting up the long ball through 
you know, 10, 15-yard passes to Antonio Gates and LT, fine. L- I mean, LT made everything a lot easier. But if you give Ryan Matthews a chance, he's shown glimpses. Glimpses. I, I, right, right. But he's young. I mean, LT, LT had to be the whole offense right when he came in the league. Fumbled the ball so much. LT fumbled the ball so much is what people forget. I know. I played well, against him as a rookie. I was one of the guys that f- made him fumble. Uh, let's, let's um, high fives for that. Let's get into uh, let's, get, let's get into yeah. I'm, I need another arm. Pat myself on the back. Let's get into uh, Clancy Corner. All right. Uh, I was watching a couple of games last night: the Wisconsin, Oregon, and Stanford, Oklahoma game. Uh, instead of being excited about how good the games were, uh, to be honest, I was pissed. I, I saw so much talent on the field for you know seven hours of football, and pretty much I was more or less seething the whole time. Um, why, might you ask? Because these games, in essence, really meant nothing. They meant nothing except for money for for the different schools, money for TV, money to, money to buy tickets, money for concessions, money for blah 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 blah. And these kids are playing their hearts out. You know, some of them because it's the last game they'll ever play in football because they're not talented enough to make it to the next level. Others uh, to show the NFL scouts that you know they're worth a high draft pick. And the others are just trying to secure a spot on the roster for next year. But really, who who cares? Like maybe maybe uh, the Stanford Oklahoma State game was the best bowl game ever, without being the national championship game, which isn't true. But let's just say it is. That's like saying that that was the best second round of the NBA playoffs ever. It's inconsequential. Nobody remembers bowl winners, only champions. You know, seniors are happy to play the game because it's their last one, as I said before. But so much money is made on these bowl games that it makes it so apparent that that's all these games are about. No game matters except for the national championship game. So, I, for example, does anybody remember who won the 2007 Orange Bowl? Uh, Kwame might, but everybody else probably won't. You know, but people remember a Matt Flynn-led LSU team beating Ohio State in the national championship game. You know, it's kind of like the Oscars. You remember who won the award, but you don't remember who was nominated. Now, I want to see a Final Four. Take Stanford, put them against LSU. Take Oklahoma State, put them against Alabama. Give a home game to the higher seed so fans won't have to travel all over the globe. On top of all that, what is the most blatant display of big business exploiting these college kids was the unleashing of the new chrome helmets that Oregon wore. <laughs> so okay, fine. They were clean. They were shiny. Yeah, okay. They, they were sick. They were. They look. They look awesome with the green jerseys. But Oregon above above all over the school is exploited with a new jersey every week. It seems new helmets for a BCS game. It's not right for these kids to not get paid, but have so much money being made off them. Now, unless something changes with the current bowl system, these talented, hardworking college kids will continue to get exploited without any real chance of being remembered. Which is my. M- I wish I could enjoy the games last night. I, you know what? After the, um, I don't watch the games after Christmas, and probably after Christmas, I mean January first, because you get the old, you get the big bowl games. And we were talking earlier off the air about Fiesta Bowl, Rose Bowl. Uh, now it's the Sugar Bowl, which they're going to have the um, national championship game LSU and Alabama. Um, but more so of, um, it's more so about the money. I'm, I'm more. I was more of a fan when when the uh, college season started about who changed their uniforms. Didn't like Maryland's ugly uniforms. Looked like throw up spaghetti. <laughs> I, I, I did like what LSU. I mean not LSU, but uh, Oregon came out in. Oregon State has stepped their uniforms up. Everybody has the flat black colors with their helmets, but those silver helmets that Oregon State that Oregon has, 
I like I like the change up, and they got they can afford to do that with Nike sponsoring them. Blind the other players, so they've yeah. got an advantage too. But it, I didn't really pay attention to a whole lot of of the uh, college games. Uh, maybe the uh, Baylor game with Robert Griffin III. I want to see. I knew he was a Heisman candidate. I thought he should have won the Heisman, but uh, is he worth a first pick in the draft? And I got the um. I got the perfect scenario for this guy. We'll stay on. We'll stick with the bowl games uh, that Alex talked about. But if you want to run an offense the way you want to run it in Denver, the Denver Broncos. Mm, that's interesting. That you you can still run it with him, but you can also pass the ball. He's a better passer right now in college than Tim Tebow is, who's been in the league two years. That's now. interesting. Right. I like yeah. that. So you can run that wildcat. You can run that option offense. You can still do it with this guy. But I wouldn't necessarily have my quarterback when you got Willis McGay who's having a pretty good year that can run the football. But it changed everything up dynamically with the uh with the pressure you can put on defenses. So if you want to do that, and he's probably gonna be a second round draft pick uh in this year's draft, then I would uh, that would be a great draft choice. Cause that's I think, the only I think he's gonna go higher than that. That would be great. That'd be great. I'm because I, I don't equate with winning the Heisman as a first rounder. Look at Gino Toretta. He won a Heisman out of Miami. He's a seventh rounder. Yeah. You don't remember him in the NFL. I right. don't. So, but you know, I didn't watch the bowl games, Alex and and Deborah, just to you know say unless it was there wasn't that much of importance to me unless January first came and right. the big bowl games were played, Fiesta Bowl, Orange Bowl, Orange Bowl 2007, University of Kansas win. They beat Virginia Tech. Other than that, I wouldn't have watched it. Yeah. But Kansas was in that game, so I, I had a vested interest in watching it. Uh, I had to watch Michigan State uh, play against the um, who were they? Uh, Michigan State and uh, Georgia, because Mark D'Antonio, guy who was probably going to join us on the show at some point this year, the, the victories they have, the, what they're doing in the Big Ten, which probably now is the Big Twelve. But only if I got a vested interest in. Only right. if I so know. So looking player. at players and possibilities. Right. If I got yeah. a player in there. In, in that game, or uh, or it's a national championship, and like I'm not that much interested in watching a national championship because I've seen LSU and Alabama play. Now, if Alabama plays, it becomes into the politics, and a lot of things were uh, one of the things Alex was saying, the financial gains from it, uh, make it a playoff. But I like to see a sixteen a sixteen playoff. Well, see, I look at too from the financial side. It's what are you doing with the money. You know, I'm, I know business is business and money is money, but what do you do with the money? If you were to actually take the money, whether it's a Nike or, you know, any of the big sponsors, um, if, the, you know, the teams, the colleges and stuff would take a portion of that money and use it towards building a whole athlete, I go back to that thing, build these guys to be real, true, full-born human beings rather than just an athlete. There's so much more than that. You know, then I would be more okay with the money aspect. It's you know still business and it sucks. They say, um, you know, it's a trade-off. They come into school to get an education, but a lot of a lot of them don't. They come to school get a degree. Oh, no. they, a degree in education to me is different. Well, yeah, you, you can you can buy a degree. Yeah, and you exactly. But if you get an education, what did you learn there? I think some of the money should go into a um, like the NFL should do, and they they, they lean toward that doing a few things like that. But in, on a collegiate level, I think a lot of the money should go into life skills. Exactly. Bring the right people in to teach these guys because you got tutors that you pay for if you're on scholarship that the kids don't have to pay for. That, that's a plus. It gets you through getting a grade. Right. But what are you going to do outside of football? No, everyone's not going to make it to the National Football right. League. Look but at some, the percentages. Yeah. Just because you're on scholarship, that don't mean you're, you're going to make it to the National Football League. Right. Yeah, but these kids are just droids. 
I mean, no, oh, yeah. nobody they cares can, but they don't have to be. Football is a foundation, well, no, but, but they will continue and always will be. You know what it is. So it doesn't matter what 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 they should be. I agree with you, but these kids will never be important to the to the organization. Yeah. All they are are ticket sales and jersey sales and 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 uh, screaming fans that will buy tickets to go to the games. The it's kids not will, the matter. kids will start to become important to the organizations when the organizations start to understand that it's, the kids are human beings and therefore they take care of the human happen. That's I think that's BS. I think it's, it's never, starting to head that direction with player development. It's not there. It's got a long way so, to go, it, but they're starting just inkling starting to open that door and see a little bit of light of what's possible. Until they make them graduate before they can go anywhere, they don't care about the kids. I, I will make them, uh, see, we got a lot of options, a lot of directions we could take it, but I will make them go to summer school every year. You can't, you're not going home, you're going to summer school. Make that them get a 3.0, make them not get a 2.0. If they care about these kids, then I'm they just going, saying. Then they're going to Stanford. Everybody can't get in Stanford. No, no, no. But I then, said make them get 3.0s to graduate college. Make them get a 2.5 instead of like the 1.6 that you need to graduate. Uh, but they'll get the grade. Again, tough. they'll go back and they'll, uh, they'll figure, out a, they'll figure out a way to get the grade. I know it's tough. I'm just saying that's why they're like droids because it's never going to the actual Deborah I wish that it was the case but it's just not they are money making they're money making machines college football makes so much money that something's got to go by the wayside and unfortunately for the for the kids that don't have the the uh, the confidence to persevere their schoolwork's going to be the, the thing that goes by the wayside right and I totally understand and that's realistic you know I tend to be realistic and idealistic so I'm looking at what's real and then what could be and even when you've got parents who we could go back and say well the parents should be looking at these kids and you know they go through the um, interview process and all those type of things before they, the parents even allow the kids to go to some of these college where's the accountability point by point by point because even some of the parents in the Relatives are getting paid off in some sort of way, in order for these, in order for them to influence their child to go to a certain school. And I agree that it's um, not a, a fix for tomorrow, and we can't wait, wave a magic wand. But I do believe it's possible to make an incremental change. Tomorrow could be today because this conversation has been going on for years now. Mm-hmm. Ever since the BCS been uh, making this money, and there've been there've been situations where. Who is the national championship? Why this team and not that team? Why this schedule, not that schedule? But the, the universities and colleges are, they are foundation. They don't have to show you their books, but you can tell how much money they make during the season. Not to mention for bowl games. They're making $30, $40 million on these bowl games. And, and the kids are, one kid going to the university and you telling me it balances out that, uh, his jersey sales or these guys got on his jersey. I've talked to guys say, well, they had, as soon as they stepped on campus, their jerseys being sold, and they didn't even have a jersey for themselves with their name on it. Uh, but look at Tim Tebow right now, the, the the excitement he was during this NFL season. Imagine what his jersey sales in the University of Florida are right now. So they're still making money off this guy. You still can't say that $40 million equals to one guy where you have a degree in education from the University of Kansas, you can go out there and generate $40 million. It's not like that. It's that long-term, short-term benefit. Right. You know, like I want that. what I want, and I want it now, and you know, screw my future, um, because they don't get it yet, because they've not been taught that they actually have a future beyond the sport, uh, and they need to be planning for it. Okay. This is, uh, this is interesting. I don't know. Hey, this is the Kwame Sports Talk. We'll come back. We got down and dirty with Deborah. <laughs> Internet flagship station for sports, Voice America Sports. 
Get ready to talk sports with the big guys. Tune in to Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis every Tuesday for the inside and outside of the business of sports. Keith and his guests will provide expert commentary and answer all of your burning questions about your favorite team, the players, and what's next. It's time to have fun with the game. Listen for Lockdown Coverage with Keith Lewis and his favorite co-hosts every Tuesday at noon Pacific Time, 3 p.m. Eastern Time on the Voice America Sports Channel. The talk doesn't get any hotter. Sports have become a big part of everyone's lives today. We all have that team that we live and breathe to follow. We watch hours of football on TV, play Madden sports on our gaming system, and our wives can't seem to tear us from the couch. If this sounds like you, or if you're a football wife who wants a few words, we want to hear from you. Listen for Life, Love, and Sports, featuring your host, Ron Dixon. Ron takes you inside the world of sports and finds out what you, the fan, are talking about today. Listen Wednesdays at 5 p.m. Eastern, 2 p.m. Pacific on Voice America Sports. Your internet flagship station for sports. Voice America Sports. Hey, welcome back to the Formula Sports Talk. We got a down and dirty segment with Deborah, but you know, we were talking off the air, but we, I think college sports and throughout the year, football or just any athletic sport in college we're going to talk about this throughout the year because there are ways to get it fixed and I, and we got enough conversation about that we got enough uh uh direction minds out here to talk about it I need and, an action plan yeah it's going we won't keep talking about it and we, you know what we might draw up a plan and just mm. send it to the ncaa huh. which it's going to get looked at it's going to be shredded as soon as they get it that's going to be the mail's that's going to be the melody shred right away. <laughs> um, also, we were talking about the Cardinals. The Cardinals, got to talk about the Arizona Cardinals, Ooh, Diamondbacks, wow. the uh, the uh, Suns. Suns winning, I think the Suns might be like 3-2 and two now, yeah. uh, if I'm not mistaken. But the 8-8 uh, eight and eight Arizona Cardinals. 8-8 eight and eight is coming from what it came from. That's huge. It, it is, but, you know, they lost a lot. They lost about mm-hmm. three or four games in the final minutes of the fourth quarter. Mm-hmm. Uh, they, had, they had about... It could have went either way. It could be worse than 8-8, eight and eight, but it's not a losing season. Uh, it's actually looked at as a winning season for these guys. Also, they had a bunch of overtime games they won. They won about three or four overtime games this year, which is a, a testament and will to these guys that they can fight and push through that to, to find out to win that victory. But think about the the Giants game that they could have won, should have won. They could have won a uh, Pittsburgh Washington. game, Washington game. Definitely Giants, Washington, Pittsburgh, they had about 24 points. Professionally, you shouldn't be able to come back from that. I mean, uh-huh. it happens, but grown men and, and great coaches. They got great coaches over there. I mean, Ravens. Did I, what did I say? Ravens. You said Ravens. Oh, okay. no, you said, no, you said Pittsburgh. Yeah, okay. Well, I was thinking. Uh, yeah, they're close Baltimore. enough. Yeah, they, they actually <laughs> they are. But to be uh, specifically, to be correct, is it was the uh, Baltimore Ravens in Baltimore, 24 zip. All right, we'll talk about that. We're going to keep that going. We're going to get some coaches to call in this year, talk about this football stuff, and mainly college coaches uh, for the most part. Uh, but let's get down and dirty with Deborah. All right, so we're going to talk about the business side of football versus the humanist side of leadership. And just like we went through Black Monday where the business side of this is you need to win. You need to win in order to make money. You've got to be able to have ticket sales, get the button seats, and you've got to be able to have the, the money from merchandising, from TV, 
from, you know, everything in and around football, including the concession stands. The business side is it's the time of year. It's the time of year to look at the numbers, to look at your win-loss record, to look at the stats, to look at the player stats, to look at your sales, to look at your financial uh, financials, your profits, what was expected, and then what really is. The business side is all about the, you know, it's time of year to make cuts, get rid of the dead weights, and as we talked about a little bit ago, get rid of the cancers, what's infecting your team. You should also be looking at what are you going to leverage as far as the talent, what's working, and how are you going to grow it. And also from the business side is you've got to, it's that time of year to get some new blood in. You're going into the drafts. You've got free agents. You've got the opportunity for trade. But at the same time, at the exact same time, you've also got to look back and say that's not the game of football. That's the business side of football. If we step back and look at what did we learn from this last year, and one of the things that we learned is that big talent does not equal a winning season. You know, you look right now at what's going on. You know, don't get me wrong. You know, the business side is a necessary component, but you've got to have a comp uh, cohesive unit. The word team seems to be, you know, an uh, operative word here. And, and to have a team, you've got to have the human aspect. You've got to have leadership. If you don't, you end up with chaos, disappointment, anger, frustration, and with that comes losses. Talented people get fired because that's the result of losses. Players are packing up their lockers because that's the results of losses. The key component we're talking about, again, is the leadership side of this. So what we want to look at is that from upper management all the way through the entire team, you've got to have leadership. So I ended up breaking out a book that I wrote about two years ago that's called Howl, How to Lead, Level, Leverage, Any Pack. And with it, I wanted to share with you what I've talked about in there, which is the spirit of entrepreneurial leadership. In the beginning of the book, I wrote something about a wolf because Howl, H-O-W-L, Every chapter starts out with something regarding a wolf. It's a truism or a story that I wrote about a wolf, and then it goes into how does that really, uh, how is a wolf such a great leader, and how can you use that in any business or organization? So here's what I wrote about a wolf, an alpha wolf. That's also the leader. Amazing. They're strong, powerful, proud, intuitive and wise, opportunistic and realistic. They're focused on what is, striving for what can be, they see the future and they grow from the past. They're loving, nurturing, playful, social, and lone, mysterious, and majestic. And that is the true ultimate leader. That's how you howl as an alpha leader. It's the human side of leadership. The lead level and leverage is about leading. Leading is having a UDM, that ultimate decision maker, to initiate, to show the way, and to set things in motion. They've got to be consistent, confident, and clear. They've also got to have the authority, the appreciation, and the authenticity. So what you're saying behind closed doors is the same, th same thing that you'd say in front of the group. They're true leaders that have followers. You don't lead by slamming your fist on the desk and screaming and hollering. That is not leadership. That's fear. There are times you may raise your voice, you may make a point, but you don't make it by creating fear. The level part of this is to prepare for the future today, that there's times when you look at who is within your organization that can flourish in every single position. You can look at the raw conversations you can have, candid communications that are raw and real, where you examine the truth without blame. If this is the problem we've got, as you look at your organization, what are we going to do about it? 
It's not soft leadership. It's feeling leadership. It's understanding that you've got humans that you're dealing with. You're not going to buy into the weakness and the excuses of humanness. You are going to understand what goes on so that you can turn and create the trust and the courage so the players can get out there to play, the coaches can make the best decision possible, and owners don't end up on fields. The leverage aspect of this is the power to influence, to enhance what's already working, to look at and unleash unrealized potential, to look at unconventional things like a Tebow. You know, at the level aspect, you look at people like a Larry Fitzgerald that can lead from the sideline, he can lead from the field. You know, you look at anybody and everybody and say, what's possible within this organization and how can we lead at every single letter, level because that is true entrepreneurial leadership. Still keeping a UDM, that ultimate decision maker. The warning is that until corporations and organizations, coaches and leadership at every level looks at how they can apply entrepreneurial leadership, we're going to have the same thing next year that we had this year. These exit interviews with coaches and owners apologizing and agonizing over what is. They're going to start changing personnel. They're going to go back and repeat their old behaviors, and they're going to make the same mistakes that they've been making year after year and wonder why they keep going through reorganizations. Good stuff. We're down in Dirty with Deborah. Uh, that's it. That's what we got to do. We got Clancy Corner, which was good. We got Down and Dirty. Good. We got a two-hour segment. We got we to gotta fix this up because this is good stuff. Uh, it brings us into a lot of stuff. You know the conversation and topics uh, leads to one thing or another. Uh, but the big time, one of the things you were talking about was the uh, the leaders, uh, which I agree with. You know, everyone at the top is not considered the leader. Uh, I can tell you right now, uh, it doesn't, just because you're the head coach, you actually are not the leader. Uh, I think one of the things Marty Schottenhammer, as idiotic as he is, one of the things he um, was good at was putting a defensive, I mean, great coaching staff together. Because nobody really listened to Marty. Marty just, he was a crybaby. He cried at every practice. He uh, lied every practice. Um, but he always had his job. He, he thought he was Dick Vermeer because I think he came under Dick Vermeer in some aspects. You know, they always got that cloth. But as the head coach, I, I really didn't see him as a leader of the team. I, I thought that came on with the uh, veteran players. And I think the veteran, veteran players, uh, which Alex talk about all the time, should take some responsibility for these losses as well as the coaches. But the coaches got to be out front. And those coaches that take a lot of responsibility for the losses and not so much for the wins, you got guys like Andy Reid who does that in Philadelphia. Philadelphia, Deborah, you talked big talent. Big talent is um, the Philadelphia team. Right. It was very disappointing. Uh, I, I don't they know. They said a lot but didn't do a lot. Right. Just like the chaos in, that you mentioned with the New York Jets. Exactly. Uh, you, you talk the a lot. Cowboys. But, yeah. Dallas yeah, Cowboys. Name them. Yeah, they got them. And, and, and these are teams you expect, these organizations, businesses that you expect to win right away. I, I, Philadelphia should be winning right away. They finished 8 and 8. Right. Cardinals finished 8 and 8. Who has a better team? Right. Philadelphia or the Arizona Cardinals? With the weapons they have, with the people they bought, you can buy that stuff, but you got to put it together. That's co- yeah, they don't have a culture that allows their their players to play at the highest level or their coaches to coach the way that they could, if they could recognize their own talent and use it. San Diego, what were they? Eight and eight? Did they finish eight and eight? San Diego, San Diego can't be so too much successful because think about this, San Diego. Relaxation business. If you was in LA, you have a different crowd. You right. in San Diego, you got a totally different crowd. So that's why you can't get up and motivated for a San Diego Chargers football game, regardless of who you bring in there. Now, what does that allow on management? 
talking a whole lot or the head coach talking a whole lot, bringing the uh, ownership on the field, uh, which I totally disagree with. Stay mm-hmm. in the box. Uh, yep. Do your job from where you're supposed to do your job from, not on the field unless That's you're a right. coach. You can't tell him. He can't. Jerry Jones cannot tell me anything about football. He can't. He can tell me how to manage a football. Uh, Pay for a football team and manage right. a football team. He can't tell me anything about football that's gonna make sense to me. Right. That he didn't hear from another coach and I could have got it from that coach. Right. He now, could read it on. He could pick it up on Google. Right. And winning and like a lot of coaches <laughs> do, uh, winning and losing. Uh, you you can win a whole lot as far as what it looks like you're doing, what what you perceive him for doing, like like freedom of speech. That's just perceived to have freedom of speech. You really right. don't have freedom of speech. I can get fired right here now. We're getting all in trouble. Right. But. It's perceived we'll, as, we'll go down to dirty. Yeah. We'll get a lot of trouble. We'll yeah, get, get yeah. a lot of trouble. Get the language going. But the perception of what the winning and losing, I, I don't know how you equate that because it could look like you're going the extra mile. I thought the Cardinals were going the extra mile by bringing Kevin Cobb in here, uh, but John Skelton was the better quarterback this year than this guy. Uh, so, well, and that's when we look at something like a Skelton. We look at a Tebow. We look at you know any of the players. There's a whole handful of players and some coaches that we could name too that have got the passion. They know how to lead. They've got the work ethics. They've got the desire. They may have unconventional styles, but holy man, isn't that freaking cool? I love it. You know, they've got the charisma. They actually understand who they are and they bring that in that authentic passion to everything that they do on the field and off the field. So. Players and or coaches know exactly where they stand at all time. They may not always like it. They may not always agree with it, but they at least know where they stand all, at all times. So we can go right back to, to the Jets. Who is the leader of the New York Jets? Rex Ryan. Rex Ryan. No matter what, no matter if you like if you like him, if he's unconventional, if he's conventional, That's what we you see. know who the leader is. I, I tell you what, it's Rex Ryan. It's not Mark Sanchez. No. I'll tell you what, it's not Mark Sanchez. It's Rex Ryan because that's what we see. But on the field, I don't see any leaders. I don't see a guy out there. I can look at the Baltimore Ravens and say that their leader was number 52. I can look at the Ravens and say that that leader is number 52. That's Ray um, Lewis. Ray Lewis. Yeah. That's their leader. I can't look on their coaching staff and I can't point the leader out. Well, if and you the look, head coach is Harbaugh. And if you look at what Rex Ryan just said, he admitted all of his weaknesses. He has to what, he's put his foot in his mouth. That's exactly. When he started, now I, I appreciate the fact that he was raw and he was real about it, but at the same time, you got to lead from the moment that you be, you know, at the moment, I mean, we're going through a period right now where they're packing up. He should be starting today leading for next year. A lot of guys, uh, and I was one of them, you know, once the once the Super Bowl is over, I went right back to work because yeah. the season was over for me. Um, but it, well, and it's a job. That was my it morning really period. It really is. It's a job. It was my morning period because mm-hmm. we wasn't in the water playoff, water playoffs going and the Super Bowl's going. I was in morning. Sure. But once, the, once that was over with, uh, I went right back to work. Mm-hmm. And, and football, people think football is what you see on TV. It's just, uh, four months out of the year, five mm-hmm. months out of the year. Football is all year round. Oh, yeah. You might get three weeks off, but right. football is all year round. Uh, and, and then you can wonder why these guys get paid so much. I, I think you really get paid a whole too much to play football. You get paid too much to play basketball, but the numbers are where they are. They, they, they're being generated, so you got you have to pay these guys uh, something of a crazy number because what the owners are making. And that's the one thing I apologize for interrupting too. That's the one thing I look at too is that the best time for me to work with a player would be the day Super Bowl ends Mm -hmm. because it's that time when you as a player are preparing to go onto the field and play during that four-month season that you need to strengthen your mental and emotional conditioning state. That's when all the leadership and everything comes in. So during your uh, OTLs and your trainings and, you know, everything else, the meetings, everything that 
what you're doing, there's so much that can be done in that period to prepare you for game day. Yeah, because a lot of guys are cleansing. Uh, That's right. Uh, cleansing during a, if you haven't make it, if you didn't make it to the playoffs, now it, you may have some delay in there with the Pro Bowl and all mm -hmm. that stuff. But if you didn't make it to the playoffs, you are cleansing mm -hmm. that whole season out you. So that is a good time to get back to it. And Alex, yeah, Rex Ryan is the leader of that team, and, and he mentioned no more captains. Yeah. So who's going to step up? And say they're the leader of that team on the field. He he, he said there's no more captains with the C on their jerseys anymore. So that's genius. Gonna, that's gonna, genius. I, 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 it's going to be interesting. I think and whether you say you're a leader it is inconsequential. It's how are you behaving? Yeah. Okay. Well, we're gonna skip break. Let's do that. Let's just let's just stay on this, and we'll get into some Pro Bowl stuff. Um, we got nine minutes till close. Uh, but yeah. I don't, I don't believe there should be – if you want to see a captain, you sh you'll see him without even pointing to him and say, mm -hmm. that guy's going to take control of your team. Yeah, you don't have to – it's like a business card. You know, a business card for the outside world. You don't have to put that on there. Everybody in the company knows who's doing what, Because really. it was one of the things you said was, uh, I don't as a leader, I don't have to come in pumping my fist right. on the table. Uh, you know, say what it is and let that be what it is. I mean, you got to I mean, state you, your point and you can state it strong. I'm okay with that. Because now management got to get the right players in to fit my uh, attitude or fit the way I right. my characteristics or as a coach, you got to hire the right sc scouts. I know a lot of teams do not pay attention to their scouts. They have scouts just to say they have scouts because mm -hmm. it's part of the business. But I've talked to a lot of scouts. I've talked to a few scouts. I want to say a lot. I talked to a few guys on, on a professional level that says they go out and they do this research and this research has been done well you got college scouts and you got professional scouts they they are different you got uh, you have a whole scoring system right you yeah. have um, uh, professionally there's some guys that scout only college guys uh, and there's some guys that scout professional guys that's going to be free agencies this year so they'll say they've been doing this work for three years three to three to uh, two to three years Watching this guy come out, and he'll take it to the um, whomever he has to take it to that makes a decision, coach or the management, who knows, and they will not draft this guy after all that work he put in. And most most scouts hide their their draft, their, their research, and all that from other scouts because, and it is that much valuable to get the right guy in. Right. But there are a lot of teams do not listen to their scouts. They won't listen to them, and then when you get in, you're like, what happened to this guy? And I've always said, you know, draft a guy that fits your scheme. That's right. Don't just get the guy who's uh like uh Blackman for Oklahoma State. He's gonna go to, he's gonna go somewhere where they probably won't need a receiver. And he's gonna be like we're gonna be like, What happened to this guy? I wish he'll go to Carolina. If he go to Carolina, Carolina be in uh Super Bowl I mean playoffs next year. Yeah. They will be in the playoffs next year. But he yeah, oh my goodness. And Steve Smith made it to the Pro Bowl. He's another one of the Pro Bowls guys. Don't let him get to Detroit. If he gets down to Detroit, that wouldn't even be fair. Detroit, no, they in the playoffs. He, he, I think he'd be gone. He might be you think gone. He's the first round. Just, oh yeah, I guess top five. He's gone. Yeah, top five. Well, let's go back there. to your point because I believe same thing I used to do in corporations. I would look at resumes. I would find the best possible talent that I could interview, but I would hire them based on their personality and what I thought they brought to the table, and did their personality fit into the culture of the company. It's exactly what you're saying about the teams, is there's so much talent out there, it's incredible, but if you bring a talent into your team and they don't fit your culture or vice versa, that talent's not going to play at the level. They're going to be the disappointment in the newspaper that can't play at the level that you expected them to. Right, because if I'm the owner of something, somebody come in here with a bunch of degrees, a bunch of math and then this other guy comes in with the uh, high school diploma. 
if I like the guy with the high school diploma and he, right. and he knows his stuff, I hire that guy. Yeah, especially if they have a willingness to learn and to grow right. and they've got that hunger that I'm really good, but you know what? I'm nowhere close to where I can be, so teach me. Right. And and, and, that's, and you know what? what? You know, this is the NFL. This isn't corporate America. Oh, uh, that's BS. Well, it's still the same America. thing. You talk talk about NFL, veterans NFL that are helping. Pure talent gets you paid in the NFL. <laughs> what, which no, is part no. of the problem. I, I Of course, but... Pure talent gets you paid in the NFL. You've been listening to the show? Yeah. But okay. I'm saying you have talent. Every there's, When you get to that level, you've got talent. You've got talent. When you start, you've got to start hiring the right way. When you Exactly. When you start, If you hire the right way, okay, North Turner should be gone. They fired Marty Schottenhammer. It's okay. It is what it <laughs> How is. How do you really feel about the situation you talked about? Of course, Everybody knows I like Marty. <laughs> Marty could be... Marty, let me. So, okay, so okay, we want to stay on the right. air. Yeah, so just <laughs> I don't care about no staying on the air, but uh, I say, Marty, you a jerk. How about that? He's an idiot. How about that? Call in. You got a problem with that? Uh, maybe I Twitter Marty. He's also coaching down in Virginia, so I might need a job. Uh, <laughs> <laughs> no, you you hire. The, it, it is talent, but you got to hire a certain way. That's what I just said, and they've been saying it in the whole down and dirty. I'm not discounting your point. You got to have some talent, but that talent gets you to the door. You got to come in. Now I'm interviewing you at the door. I, I want to see you. Now you got to come in. Now I'm looking at who you are. If you're a San Antonio Holmes and I know your background, you think I'm gonna hire you and don't know your background? No. I got. I know because San Antonio Holmes would not be playing for my team if I was a head coach. Well, and some of these teams I don't are care going. How good he is? Yeah, some of these teams are now going out. The, a lot of the scouts are going out. They're starting to look at Facebook. They're starting to look at what were you doing in high school. They're looking, talking to the trainers and saying, what were you doing? You know, in the locker room as opposed to what I'm seeing in the paper. How are you going to, um, um, okay, you can give guys a break, give guys a chance, and maybe cha- people do change. Now, when he was in high school, he was selling drugs. When he went to college, he had a drug problem. Not, not, not a drug problem as far as taking and all that stuff, but drugs was attached to his name. Then he had a domestic ex-girlfriend situation. Mm-hmm. Then he has a problem with the, uh, he gets in trouble with Pittsburgh. They cut him uh, for getting in trouble. And the highs and they don't tolerate that stuff anyway over there in Pittsburgh. Yeah, right. No, Pittsburgh is different. So he goes to the Jets. And uh, sitting out four games before he can even play, and then he's he's so his track record has been this distraction all the time. Yeah. When you drafted, when the black men's gonna get drafted, when um, Andrew Luck get drafted, you, I'm about to give you millions of dollars. You think I'm not gonna take a million dollars to do research on you? Yeah. You I'm gonna betcha. do my research on you. I'm at whatever it takes. So it's not it's not that you got to have talent. You got to draft and pick the right talent. Yeah, but. But the supreme talent, like the Dominican Sue, yeah. perfect example. You knew exactly what you were getting when you were drafting him. Hmm, okay, uh, even like Pac-Man Jones. Okay, Pac-Man Jones, idiot, another I, one. I, of course he is, but he got paid like an NFL player normally gets paid. So too many T-O, times. I mean, I understand. I agree with you. I'm playing devil's advocate here. That's, That's fine. Cool. But, That's cool. But talent. If you can run a four two forty. And then you have a guy that can run a four six, but he's a nice guy. You're going to take the guy with the four two forty. I'm not that's saying a nice. Know. guy. I didn't I say a nice guy. I don't know, but I mean a person that's somebody that will somebody that will score touchdowns, get interceptions, put people in the stands. That's the person you're going to draft first. And bring. nowadays, what are you talking and, about? And you, and you get and you take a chance that yeah, he might kill somebody. Are you, <laughs> out you out of your mind? <laughs> you okay, crazy. back away from me, dude. Back away. <laughs> no, no, no. But I, you know what I'm saying? Like, he, I know what you're saying, but there's no way. No way. Pac-Man Jones shouldn't even be playing in that football league. I know. He should not be playing right now for all the trouble you get in. There are different rules and laws for players. Peyton Manning has one. Tom Brady has one. Um, Aaron Rodgers had one. Drew Brees had one. Michael Vick don't. 
because they think he's going to run the football. Um, Cam Newton's not going to have one unless he, you know, he's a passing quarterback. He's not a running quarterback. He's a quarterback that can run. Yeah. He's got athletic. All those guys, have, there's different rules and laws for the different people. I'm not, if you're a killer, you're going to always be a killer. It's going to always be in you. Didn't Ray Lewis allegedly kill somebody? Right. He shouldn't be playing either. Oh, but he's the leader of the he's the leader of the Ravens. He, he is the leader. Because when I look at the Baltimore Ravens, I can see him as the leader. I can see that. I can see what he's doing on the field. What he did on the off field. I was in Atlanta when that happened. When he did what he did off the field, I thought he should never play again. You shouldn't be tied to any murders. Sure. But the and, then, and then look at um uh, uh, Jamal Lewis with with the coke thing. Wasn't it right around the same time? Wasn't he? I some drink, part of the- I drink coke. Oh, you're, you're not okay. <laughs> cocaine, cocaine. Oh. When he, but I mean, then he, he ran for 290 yards three weeks later, and everybody forgot about it. It's just like, it, well, you know what? This stuff, so the question the NFL, is, the NFL is a joke. It, no, do we keep repeating only, what we've been doing and call it right, or do we de- right. again deal with the realism of what's going on and then say this is big business? NFL so I don't is care a what business. you look. It is freaking big business. Corporate billions of more dollars. Shady, Corporate America is more shady I'm than not the debating, NFL. I'm not debating that. They make just as much money the fact in college you, yeah. as the pros make. They make just as much money. It's just that now the workers are getting paid. That's what it is. And if you want your bottom line, you know, if you want to grow your bottom line, you get the right culture with the right players that fit in that culture with the right leadership and leadership at every level in an entrepreneurial state, and it will positively affect your bottom line. Real quick, we got to get out of here. we got 20 seconds. Uh, disappointing team for the season. Chargers. Chargers. Uh, Deborah. Cowboys. I'm going to go with the Philadelphia Eagles. Oh, surprise of the year. Um, well, uh, Denver. Denver. Obviously. Tim Tebow or Denver? Yes. Okay. Uh, San Fran with me. Oh, God. Um, Who should be in the Pro Bowl that's not in the Pro Bowl? God damn. Do you do your. You, do your, you watch. The, you do your I don't care. This the game doesn't show. matter. This the game show. doesn't matter. No, but the, the accolades matter. That's why Ryan Brown, who's a MVP, <laughs> don't matter. Shady. Shady. Okay. Alex Smith should be in the Pro Bowl. Victor Cruz should be in the Pro Bowl. Victor Cruz uh, should be in the Pro Bowl. There's a, a linebacker who does all the dirty work for watching Redskins. And, and Monk, go to break. We can go to break. I mean, <laughs> and, <the show. laughs> and I love Patrick hour, Peterson right? this and year. Peterson I think that was great as a surprise. Hey, this is Kwame Sports Talk. You just heard Down and Dirty with Deborah. We had a good show. Clancy's Corner. Check out Clancy's Corner on uh, ClancyCorner.com on Twitter, and you can check out my own Facebook too. You can go to my fan page, go to YourClearish.com with the, uh, Deborah Debris. I got Wolf in my blood too. I gotta get, I gotta get one of those books. I gotta get one of those books. I gotta uh, the Howl. I've been saying I had Wolf in my blood for years because I don't get Wolf's hurt. my alpha, or it's my uh, totem animal. Thanks for tuning in this week. Come back next Tuesday at noon Eastern Time, 9 a.m. Pacific Time, for another edition of Kwame Lasseter's Sports Talk on the Voice America Sports Network.